Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. But how many of you are ready for the Word of God today? Amen. Amen. I'm excited about today. Man, this was a God-ordained moment. Um, Some great friends of ours are with us today. The Pantleos are with us. They are tremendous missionaries. You see, oftentimes we think missionaries, what do we think? Remote tribe in Africa where they speak some language that none of us understand, right? Well, these guys, these guys are missionaries. Are you ready for this? To bikers. (laughs) <laughs> I love the mix. Whoa, what, what, what? Yeah, these guys hang out with bikers. They, they reach bikers. They're also expanding this into those that drive tractors and ATVs. I mean, basically, if it has wheels, these guys are the ones that reach into their lives. All right? So if you could give a big, warm round of applause to David and Brenda Pantleo. Hand me the mic if you want you could. We're going to welcome them up today. Come on, give them a round of applause. There you go, my friend. Love you too. Amen. Well, it's exciting to be here. I was trying to um, get my memory figured out the last time we were here. I think it was about eight years ago that we were here, and uh, ah, we appreciate your pastors. They are such awesome people. Let's give them a round of applause. It's great to see what God is doing through them in this church and how God is blessing this church. And so as missionaries, we appreciate all you do for us, helping us, supporting us, pray for us, praying for us, <laughs> praying for us as we fulfill the call that God has placed on our life. Amen? Well, we are U.S. missionaries. We minister in the third largest unreached country of the world, the United States. Sad, isn't it? China is first, India is second, but the United States is the third largest unreached country of the world. There are countries around this world that are sending their missionaries here to the United States to reach the lost. That's sad, isn't it? There are close to 10 million people who own and operate motorcycles in this country. And out of that 10 million, there's a very small percentage of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You see, that's where God has called us to do, to reach the bikers of America with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of you are saying, well, why in the world do you want to do that? Well, Jesus loves bikers too, amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again, and then at his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Father, I ask you to to bless these words this morning. Touch the hearers of your word, Lord, and ignite the flame in their heart to reach the lost of this city, to reach the lost of this state, to reach the lost of this country. In your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Well, I was born and raised in a town in North Missouri, Northwest Missouri. I was born and raised as a Catholic. I knew everything there was to know about God up here, but I never had Jesus living in my heart. In fact, we got married as Catholic. Brenda converted to Catholicism, and one thing that she said that attracted attracted me to her was that I went to church. Well, by the time we met, I was getting tired of church. 
And one day, an Assemblies of God church in a small community of about 1,800, the associate pastor, I was teaching school. He came up to the school where I was teaching and began to minister to me. He looked past all of David's faults, and he saw something valuable in me. He invited us to a friendship day. Well, it was an all-you-can-eat Mexican buffet, so who's going to turn down free food, amen? And I sat in that Assemblies of God church three and a half years before God got a hold of my heart. You see, Jesus sees value in all types of people. And it doesn't matter what you look like, act like, talk like, or smell like. Jesus sees value in people. And that night when I gave my heart at the altar, I told God, I said, God, I will go and do whatever it is that you ask me to do. Well, if you do that, you need to do whatever you tell God. Amen. You make that agreement with God, you got to do that. Got saved in that church, filled with the Holy Spirit, called into ministry in that church, and this pastor saw the change and transformation in my life. And when you come to an altar and you give your heart to the Lord, there should be change. There should be transformation in somebody's life. And God began to work on us. The pastor saw the change, and he got us involved in helping with ministry. And so we worked with senior citizens for a period of time, and then God moved us into youth pastoring, and really not a whole lot of difference between senior citizen and youth pastoring, (laughs) except senior citizens get to drive home after an activity. I always had to take the youth home in the church van that broke down from time to time. I'd broke up food fights before with senior citizens in restaurants. So young people, watch out. Old people that have gray hair or no hair are kind of wild at times. But ultimately, Brennan and I felt that our calling was to come along beside pastors and to help pastors out. And to really understand what a pastor does, you need to walk a mile in the pastor's shoe. And so God took us to a place in Colorado where we pastored for a season. And, and I say seasons, we lived where there were two seasons, winter and the 4th of July. And God shaped us and molded us and prepared us for everything that could happen in pastoral ministry. And then praise the Lord, he delivered me from pastoring. And I say that kind of jokingly, but you need to lift your pastors in prayer on a daily basis because many of us never know what they face, their family faces, the spouse faces, amen? Lift them up in prayer because they need God's hand of protection around them as they fulfill the call that God has placed upon their life. God brought us back to a place in Springfield, Missouri, where we the associate pastors of this church. And ah, we were just content and happy and excited to work underneath a pastor who was fulfilling God's call. And we sat in this church and worked in this church and helped the pastor do the call that God had placed him to for three and a half years. And then God spoke to my heart and said, David, it's time for you to go. Well, how many of you know it's easy to follow God if you know where the where is? We're all excited to go where the where is, but when you don't know where the where is, where do you go? We began to pray and seek the face of God and say, okay, God, what is it that you want us to do? I know that you wanted us to resign. We finished our business, our calling here. Where do you want us to go? Well, it was a January day almost 18 years ago, and we were driving down Interstate 44. And as we were on Interstate 44, it was about 50 degrees, we were in our vehicle. And on the opposite side of the traffic, I saw a group of people on motorcycles. And I told Brenda, I said, honey, I said, wouldn't it be 
before I could finish this statement, she said, awesome to minister to bikers. I thought, oh dear God, where's this coming from? We don't own a motorcycle and hadn't owned a motorcycle for several years. So how do you reach out to this subculture group of people? Because there are those who ride motorcycles and then there are bikers who ride motorcycles. There's a difference. How do you reach out to the subculture group of people? I know you have them around here because I've seen them. You go to where they are. And so I told Brenda, I said, honey, I said, I feel this is what God's happening. We checked out all the things we needed to do to become a chaplain with the Assemblies of God. What we needed to do to start this process as missionaries. And, and I found out where one of these biker clubs was having their meeting, their club meeting. And I told Brenda, I said, you stay home tonight. I'm going to go check this group out. If I call you with my cell phone, call the police to come get me. You see, I wasn't for sure what was going to take place or happen. And I walked into this smoke-filled, alcohol-smelling environment, and I looked around the room and saw these long-haired, no-hair, piercing, leather-wearing, tattooed people. I said, God, what am I doing here? He said, David, you remember that time that you told me that you would go and do whatever it is that I asked you to do? Now, you got to bring that up, God. I said, yeah. He said, I want you to love these people. And I responded to God like most good people would do and say, God, are you crazy? Why do you want somebody like that in heaven? And God said, David, I wanted you. You see, church, just because somebody looks a certain way, acts a certain way, talks a certain way, has tattoos, no tattoos, piercings, or whatever, doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love them. Jesus sees value in all types of people. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves all people. And at that point in time, God began to birth in us a love for a group of people that a lot of church people don't want anything to do with. And you know, that's okay. You support us, you pray for us, we'll go. We'll go. Well, how do you reach this subculture group of people? Well, you know what? I came to a church because there was free food. And so we decided early on, you know, that if we could reach out to these type of people and give them something, provide something for them, that they will come. All we have to do is just love on people. People need to see Jesus in you, amen? If they can't see Jesus in you, why should they want what you don't have? When you walk the streets of Sedalia, do people see Jesus in you? If they can't see that, don't invite them to encounter church. It's got awful quiet. They need to see Jesus in you. They need to see in your actions how you react at the Lowe's, at the Walmart, the grocery store, the school. How do you react around other people? Can they see Jesus in your actions? And I don't have to slam the gospel down people's throat. I just need to love people. I need to love people. Our model is simply this, love people until they ask you why. And we began to just minister to people, love on people, offer things to people. 
We go to Sturgis, South Dakota. There for a period of time is the lar- well, it is the largest motorcycle rally in the world. And we set up and we would do free pancake breakfast. We'd get up early in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, start coffee, get the orange juice ready, get the pancake batter ready. And Brenda's not a morning person, so God worked a miracle in that. And we'd get all that stuff prepared, and we're back there in this building getting away to do pancakes, and these people would come in and get pancakes. They may be coming in from the party and from the night before, but we had free coffee because we had banners outside that said free coffee, free pancakes. We use these cups, Light for the Lost. I know you guys know what Light for the Lost is. Light for the Lost is a huge supporter of us, and we really appreciate. But we got these cups from them. They purchased lots of these cups, and they, it says, God's love, like the contents of this cup, is free, but you must receive it for yourself. And on the back, it says, how to find God's plan for your life, the ABCs of salvation. It's the easiest track that we ever use, because whether it's coffee, iced tea, lemonade, orange juice, beanie weenies, garbage fries, whatever it is that you put in this cup, it's a ministry tool. We never know until we get to heaven how many people are going to come up to us or you guys and say, you know, I was at an outreach that the Pantleos had, and I got this cup, and it had something in it, and I read the words on it, and then I believed what happened. God changes people's lives through this. We also have Light for the Lost helped us with motorcycle Bibles, a hope for the highway that we set out on the tables at our, at our different ministry outreaches. But we'd set up and we'd do pancakes. And people would come in and they'd look at you and they'd wonder why you're here. You see, people need to see that you're excited about Jesus. It can't be, well, come on in and get pancakes, sit down, hurry up, don't make a mess. You got to be happy about what you're doing. Amen? I had an evangelist tell me one time, he said, you should be so excited about Jesus Jesus, that if a mosquito flew around, landed on you and bit you, it'd fly off singing, there's power in the blood. (laughs) But too many of us are always gloom, despair, and agony on me. I'm just this old boring Christian. Look at me. No, if you allow Jesus to live through you, you're going to see the, the sick healed, the broken hearted delivered, all the afflicted touched by Jesus. Amen? The hardest thing of all is to save the self-righteous church person. Jesus sees value in people. And if we don't see that value in people, then get out of the ministry. Because Jesus is in the people building business. Amen? It's evident to what's happening here in Sedalia how God is growing this church with the multiple campuses and things around. God is using this to reach this city. Are you going to jump on board? And we began to do our ministry, and one of these guys by the name of Chuck, Chuck came up and wanted free pancakes at our outreach. And Chuck had tattoos all over his neck. He had piercing. He was wearing these skull rings all over it. He had 666 tattooed on his neck. And Chuck would walk up to the counter where Brenda was, and and he'd go, I want three pancakes. And Brenda would give him three pancakes, and he'd walk down, and he'd go over here to the peanut butter jar, and he'd take big old hunks of peanut butter and smear it on his pancakes. And I thought, man, this dude is weird. Who in the world puts peanut butter on pancakes? You guys need to get to the altar. 
Well, I realized peanut butter was a form of protein, and this was the only protein a lot of these people were getting. And he'd get his pancakes, and he'd go sit down, and I'd walk up to him with a cup and the coffee pot, and I'd say, you need a cup of coffee? No, I don't want any coffee. I said, you sure? Yeah, I don't want any. How about some orange juice? No, I don't want any. I said, okay, well, holler if you need something. I'd go sit down. He'd get up and go get his own cup of coffee. He'd get his own orange juice and sit down. On the tables, we had our Bible setting out. He'd pick up a Bible, and I'd say, you can take one of those if you want. No, I don't want one of those. Every day for nine days, Chuck would come in and do the same thing. I want three pancakes. He'd walk over, smear the peanut butter, go sit down. You need some coffee? No, I don't want any coffee. Get up and get his coffee. Second year come around, Chuck walks in. Same thing. Gets his pancakes. He doesn't want four pancakes. He wants three. He'll eat his three pancakes and put the peanut butter on. Then he gets up and gets another three pancakes. And I'm looking at this guy thinking, God, what are you doing here? I don't understand this. I'm loving on this guy. I'm reaching out to him. The third year comes around and I see Chuck. He comes up to me and says, Chaplain, I need to talk to you a minute. And I said, okay. We went outside the building where we were doing our pancakes, and he sat down on this bench, and, and he looked at me, and he says, you know I'm a Satan worshiper, don't you? I said, well, I, I kind of figured that out. He says, let me tell you what happened to me last night in my room. He said, I was sitting there, and he said, all of a sudden, he said, I felt this hand touch the back of my hand. That hand moved up to the middle of my back, and he said, Chaplain Dave, he says, it had scared me to death, and I didn't know what else to do but cry out to God. And he looked at me and he says, what do I do now, Chaplain Dave? And I said, Chuck, God loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done in the past or believed in, God will forgive you that, but you need to believe in him and ask him to come into your life and be Lord of your life, if you'd like to do that. And as we sat out on that bench that day, Chuck accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is Chuck perfect? No, but none of us are. And he's on that path of getting himself correct. Amen? I wished I had a picture to show you of Chuck, but Chuck's skin was a gray color when we started ministering to him. It took three years of us loving on this guy before something happened and God changed his life. Amen? Jesus sees value in people like Chuck. Jesus sees value in all types of people. We, all we have to do is open our Bible and look in Scripture, and there was this guy who was over 80 years old who had committed murder and went off to some remote part of the desert, but God saw hidden treasure in a guy by the name of Moses. We read on in the New Testament about this guy who used to kill people like us, Christians. His name was Saul, and Saul used to just kill Christians. He didn't want anything to do with them, but one day on the road to Damascus, this bright light from heaven came down and it said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Saul became Paul the Apostle, one of the greatest missionaries of all time. Jesus saw treasure and a guy by the name of Paul. We never can underestimate who comes into our churches on a Sunday or a Wednesday and realize just because they don't look like you, act like you, Jesus sees value in them. We need to love on these people and love on them, and you're going to get spit on and laughed at and cursed at, but you know what? That's okay. Jesus was already had all that happen to him before you. 
He died on that cross for you and for those people outside of this church wall. And once we come to an understanding of that, we realize that Jesus sees value in all types of people. And you got somebody who rubs you the wrong way, cheer up. It's going to get worse. They're unsaved. What do you expect? We get around people and they curse or they say things. They go, I can't believe they said that. Well, they're lost. They don't know Jesus. Maybe some of them do. They need the Holy Spirit. But Jesus sees value in people, and that's what we try to do is to reach out and to love on people and to minister to people. You know, when we first went into this biker culture, I didn't realize that, you you know, I'm, I'm David and this is Brenda. You got to come up with a biker name when you're running with the biker crowd. Okay, here we go. So Brenda prayed and prayed and prayed that God would give us some biker names that would be beneficial for us to, to do the ministry. So this is what God gave her. Hers is Allie and mine's Gator, Allie Gator. The preacher, you know, the big mouth. You heard that. Because when we minister to a lot of these people, you don't know what their real names are. You always get introduced as their biker names. And boy, they always love to introduce us because if we weren't standing right where they needed to be, they'd move me and say, Gator, you need to move. This is Allie and Gator. We were at one of these bikers events. This guy was, was named Nobody. Nobody come up to me and said, hey, Gator. He said, would you remember my wife? And I said, sure. What's her name? Tinkerbell. I said, sure, I'll remember Tinkerbell. What's up? Well, she's pregnant now for the third time. She's had, fourth time, she's had three miscarriages. He said, could you remember her? And I said, you know what, nobody? I said, we're going to pray for her. And we began to pray, put our arms around nobody, began to pray. First of all, I didn't know if I was going to get hit or shot when I put my arm around this guy. We began to pray that nobody's wife, Tinkerbell, would have a healthy baby. Well, if you don't believe, don't ask. Amen? Tinkerbell delivered a healthy baby whose name is somebody. And so I remind nobody from time to time to say, hey, nobody, remember what God did in your life? He said, yeah, Gator. He said, I remember. I said, well, you know, God's really impressed upon me that I need to continue to pray for, me, pray for you and your family. He said, Gator, you can pray for me anytime you want. Why? He realizes something happened in his life. God touched his family. So every church I kind of go to, I always like to ask the church, please pray. Nobody gets saved. Please pray. Nobody gets saved. Amen? One of these days you'll read in our newsletter, there'll be a big shout, nobody got saved. You see, Jesus sees value in people like that. And so we have to realize that as we do ministry and we reach out to people that don't look at them like you really think they are. Look at them like Jesus looks at people. Amen? It makes a difference in life. I can tell you another story about one of the other individuals. We were in Deadwood, South Dakota. I was walking with a ministry person. We were walking down the street, and as we walked down past the street, on this big hillside was this lady. And this lady was cursing us and, and chanting at us and different things like that. And I talked to the guy. I said, well, who in the world is that? He said, that's our local witch. So they didn't teach me this in Bible school, Pastor. What do you do to a witch? And we just began to pray, God, bless her, touch her, 
do what you need to do. And it's like, poof, this person, this witch disappeared. And I've seen some abnormal things in the ministry as we've, we've ministered and done ministry, but I've never seen this where, poof, this person disappeared. And she just didn't run away because there was no way for her to go. She'd have killed herself. There was a brick wall in this big, high, steep hill, but poof, she disappeared. I've seen things where Jesus, as we began to pray for people and lay hands on people, that God healed them of their hearing. Jesus sees value in all types of people, and he does all different things to touch and change people's lives. First of all, in our ministry, as we just went into the motorcycle ministry, I was having other missionary, motorcycle missionaries tell us, oh, you'll never make it. You didn't come out of this culture. And I said, you know what? You didn't call me. God did. And I said, I'm going to go do what God has called me to do. And I don't know why I said that this morning, but some of you are struggling about going into ministry and you're letting the world dictate to you what needs to happen. God has called you. God has called you. Fulfill that call. And as we kept fulfilling that call and doing ministry, we had a a visitation at St. John's Hospital in Springfield where we went to go in to visit this teacher's daughter who, who was in there sick. And Brenda and I parked in the minister parking lot and we went upstairs and met this little girl and prayed for her and we walked out. And when we walked out, there was a note underneath my windshield wiper. And I thought, oh my, they gave me a ticket because they didn't see my minister parking badge. I went up to my windshield and pulled that piece of paper out and it said, you don't know who I am, but my better half is upstairs and she's dying of cancer. And she doesn't have that kind of peace that you and I have. He said, would you pray for her? And it was signed, Alias Harley. Well, I knew from getting our biker names that this person was a biker. And I told Brenda, I said, we need to go upstairs. It gave the room, seven something was the room number. And we went upstairs to the seventh floor. And as we walked to the room, we we knocked on the door and this, this person come out. And I said, I'm looking for a guy by the name of Harley. And they said, there's nobody here by that name. I said, I got this note, and it says this room number here. I'm looking for this guy by the name of Harley. There ain't nobody here by that name. About this time, this old gray-haired guy with a ponytail come out, and I had a biker wallet on, and he says, I'm Harley. What can I help you with? I said, I found this note on my truck. I said, what's up? And he says, my better half, she's in there dying. They don't expect her to live. I said, can we get in there? And they said, no, I doubt it. They're not going to let anybody in. This is their last moments on earth. The family's in there. Everybody's gathered together. They're not going to let you in there. Plus, it's a special quarantined area where you got to dress up in all the gowns and stuff to go in. I grabbed Harley's hand, and Brenda did, and we began to pray that God would open the door for us to get in and see this person. About that time, the nurse walks out. Do you guys want to go in and see her? Yeah, so we put on her stuff and went in, and while the family was gathered around this lady, and she was laying on this bed with this plastic tent around her body, and she was having a hard time trying to breathe this. <sighs> I walked up to her, and I stuck my hand underneath that plastic hand, that tent thing, and I grabbed her hand. I said, ma'am, I leaned down to talk to her. I said, you don't know who I am. I said, but God's brought me here to pray for you. And I can tell you one thing, that if you believe in him, If something happens to you today, you're going to meet Jesus in heaven. 
I said, if you'd like to do that, squeeze my hand, and she squeezed my hand. I then began to explain to her that Jesus loved her. And I know she's struggling right now, but she needs to believe in him and trust in him that he will get her through this. And as I began to pray the sinner's prayer with her, and I said, now, do you believe that? If you believe that, squeeze my hand. And she squeezed my hand again. Brenda and I walked out of that hotel or hotel hospital room standing on cloud nine because I re- the words were coming back that you'll never, you'll never uh, introduce anybody to Jesus. It'll take you several years before they trust you. And God just proved to us if we will go to where he wants us to go, he will open the doors for people who need Jesus. Amen. Jesus sees value in all types of people and we need to realize that. And understand, there's tons and tons of people that as we began to do ministry, we were in a, with a missionary one time in South Dakota during the rally again, and we were driving our cars, and we were in an accident, a wreck, a drunk hit us. God, why are you allowing this to take place? Well, this drunk needed Jesus. And as they handcuffed him and locked him up in the car, they rolled the window down and I stuck my head in there and I said, sir, I said, you need Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to accept him as Lord of your life, I want to pray with you. And Brent and I prayed for him and this guy accepted Jesus Christ as the police were hauling him off to jail. Jesus knows where you're supposed to be. He knows the people that you need to talk to. You don't have to be a theologian. All you need to do is say, you know what? God loves you. The gospel is simple. Jesus sees value in all types of people. Recently, we've been, we do a lot of work at the motorcycle dealerships. And Brenda goes in and does laundry for the, the mechanics. She washes and dries their towels and stuff and folds them all neat. And there's this one mechanic that's back there by the machines. He doesn't say a whole lot, this technician. We walked back, and I posted something on Facebook about people needed to be more radical about Jesus and a few other things. And he made a comment on my post that says, I'd like to have a little more Jesus in my life. So the next day, we went to the motorcycle dealership and walked back, and I said, I saw your post that you posted on my Facebook. For those of you who believe Facebook's from the devil... I said, are you serious about that? He said, yeah. He said, I need to have Jesus in my life. And so there at the tech spot, at the lift where the motorcycle was, I led this guy, Josh, to the Lord. Seven years of ministering to this guy, loving on him, looking past all of his faults and realizing Jesus sees value in all types of people. Amen. If you go away with anything today, I want you to understand, don't look at the lost as some heathen. See him as value. Jesus sees value in all people's life. Amen. Bow your heads for a second. Thank you again for joining us for our online service this morning. And we pray that this service was a blessing and an encouragement to you. So we had missionaries join us this morning for service. And so we're going to talk just a couple of minutes about some of the things that they discussed today. Yeah, so missionaries, I I personally love missionaries. Missionaries are my heroes because they go out into the world that most people do not want to go into and share the gospel to people who have never heard it before. 
And I love the opportunity that as a church, we get the opportunity to help support these missionaries. Each and every week, every month, we highlight uh, a missionary, somebody that we are, are giving our money to. I, as a church, we, we sponsor 57 missionaries, which is incredible. It's because of people like you who give, give generously each and every week. So missionaries, uh, they go out into the world to places we don't want to go, and they share the gospel. One of these, like for every dollar that is donated to missions, represents a soul. Yeah. So like every dollar you give, you're you're giving for somebody to hear the gospel for the first time. And every 60 seconds in in the AG, there's somebody who is accepting Jesus for the first time, which is awesome. And it's because of your giving each and every month that goes to that. It's because of you that missionaries are able to go out into the world and to share the gospel. Yeah, we are so thankful for your support each and every month um, so that we can support our missionaries as they get to go tell um, the unreached people that Jesus loves them. And maybe you were sitting here today and you heard the missionaries about going into the world and sharing the gospel with people who don't know who Jesus is. And maybe you're sitting today and saying, I know who Jesus is, but I don't have a relationship with him. Or maybe you're saying, man, this is the first time I've ever clicked on a live stream. And I don't know who Jesus is, but I, I would like to ask Jesus into my heart. I hear these missionaries who have a passion about this guy. And I want to have a passion like that. I want to know the joy that they have or have the ability to be able to go someplace like that and to share the gospel. Like, I want to know who this God is. I just want to take the next few moments to lead you through this. I want to tell, like, give you some simple steps to accept Jesus in your life and that you can go out from here and to be able to be used by God because God has a plan for your life. He has a yeah. purpose for your life and he wants to use you. But the first step of that is accepting him into your heart. Yeah. And maybe you're sitting here and you're saying that to you. I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand, raising a hand emoji in the chat or maybe say, that's me. And somebody in our online chat will connect with you so that you, they can pray with you. And But I'm just going to lead you through a quick prayer and... Uh, uh, just repeat these words after me. Believe them from the bottom of your heart because the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that I am Lord, he will save you. So we're going to do that together. I was bow our heads and say this prayer. Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, please forgive me. I've messed up over and over again. But I pray that you come into my heart and make me a new creation. Help me from this day forward to live my life completely after you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if this was your first time accepting Jesus in your heart, we want to celebrate that with you today. Also, um, we would love to send you a Bible. So if you would put in the comments that you accepted Jesus today, we will have someone connect with you so that we can send you a Bible. Yeah, that's right. So thank you so much once again for joining us for service. Our prayer this service was a blessing and an encouragement to your life. We'll see you next week.